Welcome to The Dish, the culinary travel podcast focusing on the stories behind world-famous foods. We are your hosts, Tom and Megzi from foodfuntravel.com. Join us for tasty histories, destination food guides, and more. In this episode, we discuss the story behind one of the world's most famous sandwiches, the club sandwich. The club sandwich ingredients debate. Double decker, triple decker, ham or bacon, egg or no egg. Plus, we discuss two of the weirdest club sandwiches we found in Asia. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Dish. Yes, hello, hello, hello. Today we're talking about a very famous dish I think pretty much everyone would have heard of. You'd think so. It's on like every tourist menu in every restaurant around the planet. Exactly. Every hotel, every room service menu. I don't think I've seen a room service menu without it on there, except for maybe like deep India or something. Or really small hotels or really small boutique hotels. Yeah, but but like your standard hotels, you'll definitely find this on the room service menu. And it is, of course, the club sandwich. Mm -hmm. Yep. A dish that we've had all around the world. It's sort of, yeah, for me, it's like a go-to dish. I really enjoy having a club sandwich when I'm feeling like something a little bit westernized. A little bit of a taste of home, sort of, rather than if you've been eating curry for two weeks straight, then- it's nice to have a sandwich. Exactly. But uh, the fu- funny thing that we discovered through traveling around the world and having club sandwiches all over the place is that we've had so many variations of this of this standard sandwich. Yeah, I assumed that it would be like a standard. It's always the same sort of basic ingredients, but we've had ones that are just completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just off the charts. But yeah, so let's start with what a club sandwich should be. Well, before we start, I've got to remind everyone, please do subscribe to this podcast. If you haven't already subscribed, then go click that button now whilst you're listening. And that means you get updates about new episodes, obviously. And it helps us build the audience of the show because the more subscribers we have, the more likely it is we can keep making episodes of this. Because it gives us a bit of a kick up the butt to get stuff done. Yeah, it means you like us. Exactly. And we like it when you like us. So, yes, back to the club sandwich. So, from what I found out, that a club sandwich is a, a sandwich of toasted bread with sliced cooked poultry, which they just say poultry. It can be chicken or it can be turkey. All right. Ham or fried bacon, lettuce, tomato, and of course, mayonnaise. It's often cut into triangle quarters because everyone knows that sandwiches cut into triangles taste better. Oh, that's why. Yes. And held together by cocktail sticks. The interesting thing that I found is that the modern version has the two layers, which are separated with that additional slice of bread. But it seems like it's a new thing. From what my research was showing me, the Double Decker Club is like more of a newer not like newer, like now design, but it wasn't like the original. Ah, okay. And you didn't say fried egg in there, did you? No. So fried egg is not an always ingredient because almost every club I've ever had seems to have had fried egg in it. Yeah, no, there's been no mention at all in my research of fried egg. And actually, now that you mentioned it, I was like, yeah, where's the egg? Yeah, that's sort of weird. So I don't know, because we've had loads of club sandwiches in like the US and Caribbean 
areas. So I'm, I'm assuming we haven't got to that yet, but my guess is going to be that it's going to be from the Americas, the club sandwich, but I'm sure you're going to talk about that. Yeah. And we've had it in Europe and we've had it in Asia and Australia, obviously. Yeah. Like, so maybe, I always remember having an egg. Definitely. And except with some of the very weird places that we'll talk about later <laughs> well, yeah. where you never know what you're going to get, but you know. Yeah. I'd totally forgotten about that. That's really weird. No, there was just no mention of an egg at all. So... I don't know. Because to me, that sounds like a chicken and bacon sandwich. Well, exactly. So, some people were saying that the the name club of the club sandwich is like your BLT. So, you've got your BLT, which is your bacon, lettuce, tomato. If you have your club, it stands for chicken and lettuce under bacon. <laughs> That's a, an interesting way to think about no, it. No, it actually. Well, it went through. It was like some Twitter thing. Some guy tweeted it, and everyone's like, "What?" But it's not true. But I, I think it's quite cute, isn't it? It doesn't sound true. No, no. It's actually named after the clubhouses of New York, which is where it is uh, believed to have been invented. That sounds more reasonable yeah. than someone trying to make an acronym out of it. I know. It's a bit, I thought it was funny, but that's why I had to mention it. But yeah, it's certainly not that. But uh, we'll jump into these origin stories. There are two people that are laying, well, not two people, two businesses that are laying claim to the club sandwich. The most popular one is that it was invented in Saratoga Springs, New York in 1894 at an exclusive men's only gambling clubhouse called Saratoga Clubhouse. The story with this one goes, a man who was a club member, but he uh, arrived at home one night after the family and servants had retired. And, well, you know, uh, it is like- it Retired is, from the evening. Yes, it is like 1894 and the servants have already gone to bed and he was hungry. Uh, so, he decided to rummage through the pantry and the ice chest in search of something to eat. Uh, what he found were remnants of many things, but not one particular thing. Like, there wasn't, like, pie that he wanted or, a, you know, there wasn't a particular thing that was satisfying what he was craving. Uh, he knew he wanted toast. So, he toasted up a couple of slices of bread and then he looked for butter, but he did, couldn't find the butter because he, what does he know about a kitchen back in those days? He couldn't find the butter. Oh, he could toast toast, though. So, kudos to him for that. Um, he found mayonnaise instead of butter. And he also found two or three slices of broiled bacon and some pieces of cold chicken. He put these all together uh, with the toast, added the tomato to complement all the ingredients that he already had, and uh, added the second slice of toast on top to make a sandwich, ate it, and was a very happy man. Oh, there you go. Yes. So, yeah, the single-decker Single-decker sandwich. So, what happened is this dude apparently went and told all of his mates at the club about how amazing he is that he managed to make himself a snack. Um, <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, well done, done. sir. Oh, well done, sir. You made yourself a snack. Well oh, done. Good job, chum. So, uh, <laughs> apparently this glorious sandwich that everyone heard about, they wanted to see it for themselves. So, then and there, they got the kitchen to make it in the clubhouse and they made it back up the way that he said that he'd made it. And from thereafter, it was known as the club sandwich. There we go. There you go. That's was one, a, one yeah. possible story. Yeah. So, it was a big hit. And uh, so, the club then adopted it into their menu. And as word spread, the popularity of the dish in other gentlemen's clubs in the area also grew the popularity of the club sandwich. A sandwich that a gentleman could make himself, but won't. Exactly. Because now he can get someone else to make it now for him. Now the club him. will make it and he'll be fine. 
Yes. Wonderful. Uh, so the other story is that it was invented by the Union Club in New York City. So it's all sort of New York-ish is where we're, yeah. is where we're basing today. The reason why they say that this, I don't know, people claim that this has a stake in it, but I, I don't know. There was a news article that appeared in the Evening World on November 18th, 1889, where they stated, have you tried a Union Club sandwich yet? Two po- Two toasted pieces of graham bread with a layer of turkey or chicken. Graham. Graham bread. Graham bread with a layer of turkey or chicken and ham between them served warm. This would actually put the making of that sandwich before the Saratoga Club, but it lacks quite a few ingredients. It sounds like a toasted chicken and ham sandwich. Right, yeah. To me. It doesn't have the mayonnaise and lettuce and tomato and all that stuff. Exactly. It was just a sandwich. But also, for those of me, for those of you out there who uh, don't know what graham bread is, I had to Google it. Graham bread. It is like the graham cracker. It's the same dude. Sylvester Graham, a guy who decided that a vegetarian diet, but with loads of bread, was the way that people should go forth with their lives to lead a healthy life. Of course, Um, he was in the wheat industry. Yes. So, yes, of course, he would say a lot of bread is essential for a healthy life. He said bread that was baked at home from flour that was coarsely milled was part of a healthy lifestyle that could prevent disease. And apparently his bread is very high in fiber, made with his particular flour, of course. He did have a vested interest in uh, selling flour, didn't he? Uh, But the thing is, his is free from chemical additives that were apparently common in white bread at the time, such as chlorine and alum. Oh, well, it sounds like it's better then, so fair play. Exactly. So that was the thing. The union sandwich was on that particular bread. And this is going to come up a little bit later on, so just remember this interesting sort of bread thing. But yeah, that's the two uh, that claim to have invented this classic sandwich. It both they both come from clubs. Makes sense in Makes sense. in New York. I think the Saratoga one has a little bit more weight to it because it it just has those it, you know the story specifically has those additional ingredients in it. The news article doesn't specifically say mayonnaise, no. tomato, all that sort of stuff. Um, one thing I did discover was that it was made nationally famous at the good old World's Fair in St. Louis in 1904. <laughs> We've been here before. This is where they also discovered the hamburger. Or at least one claim for the one hamburger. One claim for the hamburger was from there, and that's where it became... This This fair in 1904 was it's a, a launching... magical dream. Absolutely. But they said there was like four restaurants at the fair that had their own versions of the club sandwich on the menus. No big surprise that it was actually on a few of the menus at the restaurants because the first recorded recipe of a club sandwich was published the year before that in 1903 in the Good Housekeeping Everyday Cookbook. So it was the recipe was readily available. It wasn't like some special secret thing they took to the fair. In this particular cookbook, the recipe states that to make a club sandwich, you should toast a slice of bread evenly and lightly butter it. They believe in butter. Who doesn't? Well, yes, I know we all do. It's like, why not put some butter under the mayonnaise? They say, on one half, put first a thin slice of bacon, which has been broiled till dry and tender. Next, a slice of white meat of either turkey or chicken. Over one half of this, place a circle cut from a ripe tomato. Mm. And over the other half, a tender leaf of lettuce. Wow. Cover these with a generous layer of mayonnaise and complete this delicious wholemeal sandwich with the remaining piece of toast. So... That's the thing that I found really interesting is because they said it's a wholemeal sandwich. So, is everybody getting it wrong by using white bread? 
yeah, when did this change happen? Or it was just people went, well, I can't get wholemeal bread. So yeah, it just happened it just, anyway. Yeah. But it seems like there's been a few couple of references to having like wholemeal sort of bread, but everyone just gets it on white these days. I don't think I've ever had it on wholemeal bread. No, I don't think so. It's like, it is like the dirty late night sandwich snack. You know, you so get white, white bread. bread. Yeah. You yeah. know, that's what's happening. It toasts up good. Yeah. It's easy. Everyone's got a pack of white bread in the, in the cupboard or something. Exactly. In a hotel. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, another thing that I found through my research that was really interesting was that a woman named Florence A. Cowles wrote about the history of the club sandwich in her cookbook, 700 Sandwiches. A cookbook of 700 sandwiches. She published that in 1929. That's a good cookbook. Uh, but she actually stated that the club sandwich may consist of anywhere from one to five stories. So, by the time between 1894, if we're going with the Saratoga story, and 1929, it gained these extra levels. Everyone wants to claim that they invented stuff, right? That's just classic food history right there. Yeah. So, it it gained these extra stories. And one thing that I found really weird about what she said in her book is that the sandwich should only be eaten with a knife and fork. That is weird. How are you going to eat a a, a five-story club sandwich with a knife and fork? How are you going to eat it with your mouth if it's a five-story? Yeah, you got to do that. You got to squish it. You got to squish it down and get it in your mouth. Damn. All right. Well, that that's pretty crazy. So, is that the end of the story, or did some other stuff evolve no, from there? That's pretty much it. Since then, it's been a household hotel gentleman club <laughs> classic. Uh, I'm thinking that the Union Club story is a little bit iffy. I I think it's definitely. Pro- probably the Saratoga Club that did it, but it just became popular in country clubs. That's where the name came from. It's a club sandwich. It's like the house sandwich. But we definitely know that it existed in the United States by about the late 19th century. So that's how long we've had the club sandwich for. But, I mean, also, I have to say just in general, although there's loads of stories about it, obviously, it could just have been a BLT with chicken. Bacon, lettuce, tomato sandwich with chicken, and someone was like, I'll put some mayo on it as well. Why not? Yeah. Like, it, like actually, this, this could all just be people making stuff up to claim stuff. And maybe multiple people did invent it roughly at the same time because everyone already had a BLT and they just went, oh, well, I just put some chicken on there. Why not? Yeah. Just put some turkey on there. Why not? It, it apparently is the ultimate leftovers food, which is interesting that it's become such almost like I mean, I don't want to say a delicacy, but it ain't the cheapest thing on a hotel menu. No? Well, that's because it's got, like, bacon and stuff on it. Yeah. Well, I don't see bacon as a leftover. At what time do you have leftover bacon? <laughs> I don't know. Who is not eating the rest of the bacon? Because- like, I get it in a hotel, like a hotel or a cruise ship or something doing breakfast, and they put loads of bacon on the buffet, and, yeah, they've got loads of bacon left over, and they use it for other things. But if you're, like, doing food at home or something... Yeah, it's, why it's do you like have this leftover bacon? bacon How is this thing. a leftovers meal? All right, so yeah, but it's a club or hotel leftovers meal, perhaps. They're like, okay, we made too much bacon at breakfast. We've roasted too many chickens for dinner last night. What are we going to do with all this stuff? Ah, let's make it lunch. Yeah. That'll be lunch and late night snacks for everybody for the next day. So, hotel leftovers meal. 
that you is, still pay a fortune for. Yeah, well, it's not the most expensive thing ever. It's not the same price as steak. So no, between. no, of course not. But, but yeah. we had an interesting discussion the other day because I said how because I also looked into the invention of the potato chip, which comes from a very similar area. Uh, but we're not going to go into that no, in this right. episode. But. I had said that I kind of assume that my club sandwich would come with potato chips or with crisps or however it is you'd like to say it. But but you instantly thought that, you know, you associate a club sandwich with fries. Yeah, mainly with fries. I mean, I have had them with potato chips on the side and I'm always massively disappointed when it's served like that. I'm like, are you serious? Really? I'm buying this in a restaurant or a hotel and you couldn't even fry some potatoes? And I'm getting just crisps out of a packet. But I mean, I do also get that if it's like a late night snack menu and maybe they just aren't running the deep fat fryer at night. Although you think like most places deep fat fryers running at night. That's like the one thing everyone's ordering. But, you, know, you can still get chips yeah, you can order that a portion late at of night. Fries. So. so no, I, I don't get it at all. I don't associate it as being, it's not at its best when it's with potato chips. Although I've had it that way and been very disappointed that I've had to have it that way. Here's a really random claim, though, about uh, potato chips. Apparently, back in the day, they used to think it was an uh, aphrodisiac. (laughs) What? (laughs) Of all the things. I mean, I know everyone claims everything's an aphrodisiac, but seriously, potato chips? I know. I read an article that actually said that, I mean, let's say that, yes, certainly the person who created Lay's chips, his surname was Lay. His name is... Herman Lay, and he did start making potato chips in a commercial way. But apparently, he did also get a bit of a boost in popularity thanks to this crazy claim that they had aphrodisiac qualities in the chips and, you know, the name, it's Lay's. Oh, it's cheeky naughty. Wow. Yeah. Mm, There you go. It goes back quite a bit. Apparently, the belief in a potato's mystical, magical nature went uh, back as far as to the 18th century in Europe. People do believe the most ridiculous things oh, yeah. for it no was, reason. It was thought to be an aphrodisiac and had the power to cure leprosy. Mm. Potato chips. Sure. Anything for marketing. Anything for marketing. But anyway, enough about potato chips. So yeah, as we were mentioning at the top of the episode, that's what we were saying is like the standard you know, club sandwich that we know of. But that's we, what you think you're going to get when you order you a club sandwich. That's what you think you're going to get, but that isn't always the case. So tell me, what strange club sandwiches have we had? All right. The one that is the absolute 100% weirdest that sticks in my mind of probably not only the weirdest club sandwich, but just the weirdest sandwich in general, was in a restaurant near the Lebrang monastery in West China. Now, let's be honest, this part of China wasn't serving out a whole bunch of great food anyway. This is where we tried yak for the first time. And yak yogurt. Yep. And believe me, that's not enjoyable. No. How How did we have the yak? We had it in a burger. Yeah, I think we had a yak burger and we also had like some sort of yak meatball. uh, No, like yak dumplings. Yeah, I thought it was yak dumplings. So like momos, something like momos. Because this part of Western China is sort of close to, it's not that close to Tibet, but it's close enough that there's a lot of Tibetan influence. So you are getting those momos coming through from that region. Yeah. So I'll be completely honest. I was surprised to see a club sandwich on the menu. 
and it didn't have yak in it. So it, it, it let's just spoil have the surprise. Yak. So as I said at the beginning of the episode, it was my go-to. Like I'll go have a club sandwich. We had been traveling through China for ages, and then we did. We just crossed over Mongolia, and we're going to do a Mongolia episode to tell you all about the joyous food we had there. Yeah, that's yeah. an interesting uh, cuisine. <laughs> and then we went into Western China, and this is where we encountered. Uh, you know, I saw a club sandwich and I thought, fine, I'm going to order it, have something a little bit normal for once. But it was not normal in any way, shape or form. Should have anticipated that in China. Yeah. Western food in China, definitely odd. So, first of all, the bread was super, super thick. It was Dense. still the two stories high. But each piece of bread was so dense and so thick. You, it was definitely, when you talk about doorstop. Well, they did this doorstop bread in that town. And we even had it like on the bus as a bus snack. I think someone like just gave us it's some bread. It's great bread. It's really tasty, but you can't just cut it up and use it to make sandwiches because it's really more Cru of It's kind of crumbly a bit. It kinda yeah, it, it's like dense homemade style bread. And it normally comes in a ring. So it had a hole in the middle. Yeah. It's like one of those breads. And yeah, to just buy a piece of bread and have it maybe with like spread something on it, it's great. But to actually make a sandwich out of it, it's ridiculous. Especially a double-decker sandwich. This. Yeah. It's like so big. Like this is when the knife and fork comes in and you have to eat your glove <laughs> sandwich with a knife <laughs> and fork. This is maybe what they were talking about. I had to dislocate my jaw to get my mouth around it. It was, yeah, yeah it was massive. Uh, but that wasn't the weirdest part. Actually, the weirdest part was that they had decided for some reason. So it had the... I think it was chicken. We had chicken on it. It had the mayonnaise. It had the tomato. It had the lettuce. And it had the addition of really thickly cut raw carrot. Yeah. Just raw, chunky carrots. Yeah. And I think it had- I think it did have an egg. pork steak. It oh. Was, there was no bacon or yeah, ham no bacon. or anything. It was a very thin, like, pork minute steak. Yeah. Or it might actually, I seem to remember slightly, but it might actually have been a slightly chunkier bit of pork. It was a big ass burger. Sandwich. Sandwich. It was a big sandwich. It was a big sandwich. Um, yeah, but the raw carrot really actually throws off all of the flavors. So everything else, you know, you can think that it all goes together. And just think in your head right now as, as I'm saying it, add carrot. It just throws off the flavor, especially it's just this raw, thick crunchy carrot in the middle of it all. It did not work. And yeah, when you're trying to bite through this really dense bread anyway, and then you've just got raw carrot in the middle. Yeah, it was a lot of just chewing. falling apart and it's just terrible. It, so that's the weirdest, very much the weirdest club sandwich. Definitely. I also had a very interesting one where I, I ordered a club sandwich in Cambodia. We were living in Chianookville at the time. Which is on the south coast. Yes. Right on, right on the water. Right on the water. And we were in a very nice beach club. I'm sure there's plenty of other really nice ones that have popped up now. But for then, five years ago, it was quite a nice beach club. So I thought, yeah, I can order a club sandwich. It'll, it'll totally be nice. We'll get that. And so I was like, and actually speaking of the whole, because I didn't want crisps with it. I didn't want chips. So I said, can I have a club sandwich with fries? And the person took down my order and said, yep, sure. No worries. Went away. and then. Wasn't really paying attention, and then they brought out the meal, and sitting there was, yes, the club sandwich was there, and the club sandwich was fine, and sitting next to it was a big thing of rice, like, like a dome of rice. As they like to do. As they, but <laughs> who orders a club sandwich with rice? 
I think that's the first time it's ever been served. I but, think so, in the history of the world. But of course, literally, instead of them asking to check if the order we wanted was club sandwich with rice, they just took it straight to the kitchen, made it, send it out. Yep. And we said to the owner, who's French, everyone else who worked there, I think was Cambodian, but the guy who owned the place, we're like, would anyone ever order a club sandwich with rice? Like, seriously, we didn't order with rice. It's obviously fries. You serve fries. We know you serve fries. Of course we wanted fries. Like, can we get fries, please? And like, They weren't going to give it to us. They get, they get a little funny about it. Like, but were. that's what you order. And the person's like, I've got the thing. I wrote it down. You wanted rice. It's like, I know you wrote it down. That's why you've got the wrong order. But that's not what we said. Because no one orders a club sandwich with rice ever, ever in the history of the planet. So, I mean, I know in Cambodia, they really like rice. But when you're a white tourist at a beach club with a French owner, and they invented French fries, apparently. We've got to do an episode on that at some oh, point, I'm sure. Yeah. But, like... Yeah. Did you think we actually, as a white tourist there, was actually ordering rice? You don't no. think that, like, if someone said something really weird, as weird as that, you'd be like, did you say rice? And you're like, no, 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 fries, fries. That would be the first thing you'd expect. But let's recall that the service standard in Cambodia is probably not somewhere I'd recommend for service. And it's not their fault. I'm not blaming them. It's a lack of, like training or whatever but and as we said this it, was like pretty bad five years ago as well so things have very possibly changed a lot in that area since we were last there who knows maybe after that the owner said if anyone else asks for a club sandwich <laughs> with rice check with them if they want rice or fries because <laughs> it's never happened but they're ever. the two weirdest ones that i could remember today i know i've had other weird ones as well but it's just not coming to me right now but they're the two that i absolutely speak about club sandwich they're the first two that pop straight into my head yeah and that's good enough because I'm sure the other ones won't top that. That's- no, no. They were just weird for other strange reasons or whatnot. I never got a five-decker. Could you imagine if you ordered a club sandwich and it was a five-decker and you'd be like, what? That would be a lot of bread. How does anyone eat this? So, I, the other question is, what about cheese? No, cheese is not part of it. Cheese and I'm trying to remember now if no. I ever had a club sandwich with cheese. I think or we have. It's just like a, some people might put cheese on it, but it's not like expected. Yeah, I think it's like the whole BLT thing. It's like you don't put cheese on it. Like it's not. It's this is a cheeseless place. Is there really a thing like that that cheese wouldn't make it better? I mean, a BLT with cheese is better. I mean, cheese makes everything better. Yeah. So if I do get a club sandwich that has cheese in it, I ain't complaining, but it's not the standard. At all. No. Yeah. Would you like some other random club sandwich facts? Sure. Did you know? I don't know. That the club sandwich was a favorite of former King King of England, Edward the Seventh. I just oh, had yes. to count up the eyes very quickly. I was like, how many eyes are there? Edward the Seventh. That's very early 20th century. So they must have kicked that straight over to England straight away, I thought. Yes. Well, when. Yeah, when was he king? During World Well, he was king just, just before, before World, World War II. Oh, was he before World War II? Well, because his I'm brother, George, who took over, was very well known for the speeches that he gave during World War II. Ah, all right, hang on. I'm going to this up because I thought Edward VIII was the one before World War II. Oh, it is eight. There's three eyes. There you go. So it's that you can't you can't count rather than can't you've got you've got the right dates, but you can't count. They all blend in together when there's so many eyes in a row. Yes, Edward the Seventh was the person I think who took over from Victoria at the turn of the century. No, no, no. We're talking about King Edward who abdicated the throne, and the reason why he became such a big fan 
of the club sandwiches because his wife, Wallace Simpson, obviously was an American. And so she introduced him to yeah. the club sandwich. His wife, who he had to abdicate for because she was already divorced she and was he wasn't allowed to marry someone who'd already been married as yep. a king. And so, so he, he said, stuff you. I'm going to be with the woman I love. And he uh, gave up the, the throne. Yeah. It's quite a romantic story, really. But also, it's like, oh, and then World War II happened. So lucky you got out of that one. Yep. Because that would have been fun. Yeah, that was a, a lot for a yeah. new king. Yeah, kings to handle. So, you know. Yeah, all right. So, old Eddie. Eddie's a fan of the club sandwich. Yep, and he why is. Not? And uh, for those of you who like to play uh, What's the Most Expensive in the World, which I of always course. do. I always like, like to look that up. Uh, it is called the Platinum Club Sandwich, which was invented by James Parkinson, who's the executive chef at Waldo's Restaurant in Berkshire. And to make this club sandwich, are you ready? He uses a combination of quail eggs, white truffle, Iberico ham, roast poulet de de bresse. I should have looked up what that is. Uh, Frise lettuce. It's chicken of some sorts. Poulet is chicken. Uh, Frise lettuce, semi-dried tomatoes, homemade mayonnaise, and sourdough bread. There we go. How much does this cost? A hundred pounds. Okay. So it's not American. No, no. So it's actually not Berkshire. It's It's Berkshire. In England. Why is it spelled B-E-R-K? Because that's how silly English people spell things. <laughs> in, yeah, in America, that's pronounced Berkshire, as in like Berkeley University, but uh. it is pronounced Berkshire in England. So now, there you Berk. go, you learned something new. But Okay, there we well, go. Hopefully you've learned lots of new things this episode, but yes. you learned a, a ridiculous quirk about English language. That's so, yeah. silly. So the most expensive club sandwich is not that expensive, but I mean, uh, forking out a hundred pounds, which is like for a sandwich. How much in US dollars would that be? Uh, like one hundred and thirty US dollars. Yeah, that's a lot for a sandwich. Definitely. Yep. It doesn't even say here how many levels it is. Does it even come with fries? I don't if know. If there's potato chips on the side, I'm like, <laughs> nope. No, they thank just, you. They just whack open a packet of Lay's, and you're like, it's, are you kidding yeah, me? Or seriously. Yeah, if it comes with rice, I'm going to be even more disappointed. <laughs> That's his fancy That's his special. Thing. Oh, it's fancy. It's the platinum one with rice. <laughs> like, um, no, no. So that's it. That is the uh, very quick and easy history of the club sandwich. Uh, once again, yes, yeah, still disputed. People uh, like in America, especially, like to fight over this, over whether or not they invented it. I think. What we've learned from all this food history is if you invent a dish, write it down, post it on the internet instantly with a patent and everything and just be like, I have invented this dish. It is called this. It has these ingredients. Like do a food blog or something. Well, the people were doing it back in those days. So it's weird that it didn't happen because when, yeah, as I said, when I was looking up the history of potato chip, it was actually made by a guy called, um, his last name's Crumb. I can't see what his first first name is but he Mr. was Crumb. mr crumb um but i believe he was actually african-american so he wasn't actually allowed to apply for a pat, pat, patent patent yeah minorities weren't allowed to do that so somebody else stole his idea for the potato chip and made a lot of money off it and he didn't get bupkis Sad which times. is a terrible thing yeah uh he, what is it oh he was the son of a black father and a native american mother so he was just like nah oh yeah trouble in those days. Poor That's dude. very sad. But yeah, Mr. Crumb, the inventor of the potato chip that didn't get his glory, but uh, he is certainly written down in the history books as the man who did it. 
All right. So that's it. That's it for the club sandwich and some random commentary on potato chips and fries. Yeah. And yeah. So thanks for listening. And of course, if you didn't subscribe already, make sure you go hit that button. And if you didn't leave a review, then it's essential you leave a five-star review. That's the type of review that works best. That's the other ones, they don't, they don't work very well if you press the other button. I find five-star always sort of, it works straight away. If you press like a two-star, you're going to get like the spinny wheel of death sort of thing. And it just won't work. Don't bother. Just don't bother with that. Just go five-star. I heard way. it melts your computer. Yeah, you could damage your computer. So or your phone. Yeah. Stick with the five-star just in case. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And uh, if you leave us a five-star review, we are looking into very soon starting to read out any of the most entertaining five-star reviews that we get. So yes. leave us an entertaining five-star review and we might give you a shout-out on the show at some point. All right, that's it. Catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to The Dish. Don't forget to subscribe and keep this podcast on the air by giving us a five-star review on your preferred podcast app or channel. Also, come join our foodie community on Facebook in the Food Worth Travelling For Facebook group. Catch you next time.